0: Welcome to another edition in this series of talks organized on behalf of SPIDERS, the sole platform for initiating discourses on equitable and resilient society. The talks complement a series of original papers published on the SPIDERS platform dedicated to outlining the building blocks of post-capitalist political economies and societies, not oriented around growth and profit, but rather good lives and a flourishing web of life in times of profound planetary change. Hosting these talks, are founder of Peer to Peer Foundation, Michelle Balance, and myself, Rok And today, to help us outline some of these building blocks, we're joined by distinguished guest, Claudia Yadira Caballero, author of the paper, Buen Vivir, Good Living, a motion to change our path. Happy to have you, Claudia.
1: Hi, it's a pleasure to to be here and to participate in this in this uh, talk. And well, thank you very much.
0: Oh, it's a real pleasure on our behalf as well. Uh, so to get right to it, uh, we thought it would be great to hear from you directly uh, a little bit about your background. Uh, so maybe both in terms of institutional affiliations, the networks you're involved in, but uh, also you know, your kind of personal inspirations for uh, doing what you do.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm a promoter of alternative currencies and alternative ways of life in Mexico City and in general in all the country in Mexico. And, uh, well, I'm an economist and also I'm a sociologist. But uh, really, I I... I participate in uh, some networks of community currencies. One of them is the Ecomun, and uh, the other is a currency that uh, has ten years in Mexico City and is uh, Multitréque Michuca. Both are networks uh, of of community currencies. And well, my my inspiration it's. It's maybe it's. A, 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 I'm going to make some of history, but I try to remember where, where, uh, when starts my my inspiration for for the paper that I write, and well, it starts when I was a child, uh, when I was a child and I lived in a peripheral neighborhood, and I realized the big difference between my friends, my child's friends. Some of them lived in poor condition. And I started to ask to my teacher and to my parents why these inequalities happened. And no one of their answers convinced me. A few years later, I traveled to Chiapas in the south of Mexico, where there are a large percentage of indigenous people. And I was moved by the contrast of the poverty in the people and the cultural richness and the wonderful nature. And one or two years after, arise the Zapatist movement in the south of Mexico. That was in 1994. At that time, I was 12 years old, but I understood that the indigenous claim was not to obtain the material progress that we lived in the cities. Their goal was for respect, uh, for the respect of their way of life, for their political, economic, and cultural autonomy. And there are, of course, other ways of living. I I recognize recognize that there was uh, another ways of living that are respectful for the nature and So I think this was a very important part of my history as Mexican woman. Of course, I'm not indigenous. I have always lived in the city, but I think that we should learn from those who have been able to conserve the 80% of the biodiversity of this planet, uh, that we have to create uh, other forms of life in the place where we live in the place in where and where we have a bit and in in our ecosystem so that's why with the inspiration of some of these indigenous movements with the inspiration of many thinkers in my life I start to create this kind of alternatives based in community currency here in Mexico City
0: Excellent. Thank you so much for that brief introduction. Uh, I think we will, yeah, maybe uh, revisit some of these initiatives you're involved in a bit later in this talk. But for for now, uh, yeah, we thought it would be great if we could take a moment um, or give you the space to outline some of some of the basic tenets of your spiders article. So the article is, uh, I thought, a very, very great introduction into Buen Vivir, its underlying principles, the different variations uh, by different communities, and its contextualization, right, within the kind of global uh, transition movements abound. Uh, So with that, uh, yeah, the floor is yours.
1: Well, um, I think that we are in a very difficult moment for humanity some call it crisis others prefers to call it emergency and even collapse but of course we are in a breaking point point we know we have made many mistakes and we have to change it. And in this in this sense, I think all the efforts are welcome. All the initiatives and process that go in this direction will be very important. But the climate emergency, the great inequalities, the constant wars will, will not be solved by only plans and projects. We need to radically change how we perceive ourselves in the world, we need an existential change. A change on how we see ourselves, how we relate with other living beings in the planet and how, and how we approach uh, with the world again. Uh, as Silvia Federici says, we have to reenchant enchant the, the world. And it will not be a unique vision, as the slogan of the World Social Forum says, others' possible worlds are already happening. And in this sense, Latin American thought contributes with a perspective that combines the ancestral vision of native people with the freshness of young, feminist and ecologist movements. Particularly addressed in the in this paper to the good living, or how we in Spanish said buen vivir. Uh, This is this the the good living are several practices and philosophies of life shared by many native people of South America, with different emphases and names, but with common characteristics to the native people of this region. I must uh, begin by saying that the good living is not an academic concept. It does not arise from reflection and studies in books or at a desk. It comes from the daily life of the native people who interpret the world from their history and their context. Therefore, good living are life practices that are in constant movement that resist situation of violence and dispossession, that find ways to re-exist. So the interesting thing is that good living as a sum of living practices, that continues to be a way of life in many indigenous communities, which have not been totally absorbed by the capitalist logic. They coexist. With the capitalists, they are also on the margin of the capitalists, and at the same time, they transform it. So that's that's the interesting uh, thing. But well, let me talk a little about the context. Mexico, it's my country, is undermined by mega projects, driven by mining, hydraulic tourist, highway, energy, banking, financial, and housing corporation. To all this, we must add the exponential growth of the drug industry and the trade. In addition to the dispossession of the territory, we are facing extreme violence. In southern countries, uh, drug trafficking and femicides are social control techniques. And recently with the pandemic, the conditions are more difficult. The region most affected will be the South. And we already see wars for the control of territory and the the racism is increasing. We are facing a multi-sectorial war. And Latin America in this context has a dual process, For one side, it's a critic of the Western development while simultaneously reconnecting with their own origins. We have found the way forward within its own history. Turn to our original inhabitants, the most humble, the most affected, and also the most wisest. Latin America has not forgotten. It has recovered um, its memory. And the good living has much to contribute questioning a model based on a material progress. This approach recovers key position from the knowledge and know-how of ancestral people. And as I said, we must listen to those who have known how to maintain the balance with the nature. And that people are the native people, the indigenous people. So good living usually is linked to an Andean voice, sumak kausai. Sumak means fullness, uh, something excellent, some, something superior. And kausai is meaning life or is to be being. So therefore, sumak causae will be life in fullness, something like life in plenitude. I found an interesting characterization of good living by an author, Cubillo. She found that we could group into three the different emphases that the actors and thinkers give to the good living. The first uh, the first group is identity and spirituality. Here we have the practitioners who give a greater importance to cultural or territorial identity. Uh, They high the relevance of the regional context and the constant struggle for the preservation of the territories. The second group is the, the person who emphasized the equity and economic justice. They expose the social inequality in Latin America, particularly the original rural and Afro-descendant population. And they have looked for a proposal, implement policies based on good living from the government. This uh, most in the cases of Bolivia and Ecuador that, well, they have a constitution where the good living is a very important part. So, and finally, the third group is uh, emphasize the sustain, sustainable approach and, uh, well, that, that people uh, stress the need to change the civilization paradigm based on development for another way of life that respects and balance with the nature. So these are the, the three approaches that I think it's important to consider in the good living but also there are uh, three key concepts to understand the good living uh, one is the rela- relationality that implies a vision where everything is connected and everything is interdependent the second uh, key concept is the complementarity that is based on plurality and an holistic diversity. And the third is the reciprocity. The reciprocity that is a relationship between people is not a simple exchange of objects, it's a relationship that builds a common consciousness and creates a, a tie similar to friendship. Well, with these three concepts, we can understand that good living ponders on community. Uh, the sense of community is deeply rooted in some indigenous people. For example, there are even languages that do not have a word to define the self. Uh, this is the case of the Toholaval that is a language spoken in some village in Chiapas, Mexico. And they use the pronoun we, but they don't have I. So this change the way they are perceived the world because the identity, it's not the separation of myself to yourself. But I think it's a little difficult to understand for, for us because we have another epistemology, but imagine that when we are saying I'm hungry, what I really want to say is that we are all hungry. And when I say, or or I think I'm cold, really what I think is we are all cold. A good metaphor uh, is that each person is like a wave in the same ocean, each wave is different with a particular temperament, size, sound, but in the end, all, all the waves are part of the same ocean. Well, in, in this topic uh, of, of community, I, I, I'm going to quote to David Barkin, who points three characteristic of the community. David Bertin is a, a Mexican economist, and he, he says three characteristics of the communities. The first is the autonomy, that it refers to meaning self-governments to avoid and resolve conflict, the self-sufficiency, That implies to provide the most basic needs, uh, of course, material needs as food, health, housing, but also cultural needs like affection, recognition, and so on. And the third characteristic is the sustainable management of local resources. The management of the conservation and rehabilitation of the ecosystem in in where the community uh, is. Well, I think another lesson uh, learned from the good living is their concept, its concept of nature. For indigenous people, the land is a generous being that they thank for providing and for the place uh, uh, they inhabit. The nature is like a caring mother. For example, the, the Andean people call her Pachamama, or here in Mexico, the Nahuatl boys, Nahuatl is also a, a language, indigenous language. Uh, they, they say sin tlali, that means mother, the mother earth. So they feel a deep love for the territory they inhabit. And there is an attachment to that particular territory they identify it with its characteristic and create a way of life in accordance with it, with that territory. However, they also have a global consciousness of the Mother Earth because the Mother Earth is not just a small piece of land. It is the, the breadth of the planet. They have the notion of complex balanced relationships between the different ecosystems and habitat in the planet. This conception of the planet is drastically different from the one that has prevailed in Western life, uh, where nature has been seen as something to be damned and is studied not to gently understand it, but to take advantage of its resources. Um Well, so so far, this is an overview of what is good living. But for me, the most important thing is not only to know a concept, and of course, not to romanticize it. The important is how the good living living influences the process and the initiatives that we carry out. For of, of course, for the vast majority who are not indigenous and do not come from an original people, the question has always been, how does good living in us to change and act from our own places? And well, I'm uh, for 30 years, I have been in Mexico City, one of the largest city in the world, And in the last 10 years, I have witnessed the acceleration of capital, the territorial disorder, excessive debts, the increased consumption. People are spending more and more time commuting from one place to another. The city is overcrowded and the people is tired all the time. Technology promises to entertain people with all kind of tv shows and and videos keeping them distracted from their their lives and in in this condition how can we think in good living in the cities it's something maybe impossible it's a very big challenge and well in but but uh, we have good news because in our city and in many city cities, there are sensitive groups of different size and vocation. Some call what they do, solidarity economic, another the ground, self-management, cooperatives, and so on, many, many names. Actually, I think the names do not matter. The names can change, but the if the essential alternative practice preserve, I think that's the, the important issue. So I want, to talk, uh, I, uh, I want to talk about my experience. And well, I, as I said at the beginning, I promote communitarian currencies since 12 years ago. I founded the Multitreke Mishuka, that is an interdependent community that tries to satisfy the needs of its members in a comprehensive manner, generating human and sustainable economic relations. To this end, we use the concept of presumer. That is very important concept for us because the objective is to make interchange between us so, the person has to produce something useful for the others and at the same time uh, that he or she has to commit to consume from the other members, members of the group. So we encourage local production and local consumption uh, recover our productive capacities and change our consumption habits. And for that, our principal tool is a community currency. We have decided to refer uh, uh, to local uh, currencies. Some, some people say alternative currencies, another says social currencies or complementary currencies, but we prefer to say uh, community currencies uh, because, well, we are part of a mixed culture and one that allows to take the best elements of the culture that that make us up and substitute the values of mercantile society, competition, speculation, and predation with values of reciprocity, sharing, and respect. Uh, Well, uh, the models of community currencies Seek to create options for a life much more harmonious with nature, a simple and loving life. We we look for good being, good doing, and good living. Uh, I, so that that's that's an important thing because I think we have in the center uh, that we we can't uh, we can. Uh, live in in that sense, even when we are living in the cities. So the the models of community currencies reject a logic of competence and seek to replace uh, competition and war with a collaborative and life-giving logic. This is also important because we really believe that we have to change our uh, mercantile society, our economic, uh, utilitarian economic logic with another uh, logic of giving and of shares. So community currencies in Mexico is is a concrete manifestation of our complex economic relations. When we speak of community currencies, we really are speak of credit, community credit. And the credit implies a belief in the members of the group. This is very important because what we really do is to develop the trust between the people who participate in these communities. So for us, credit is equal to trust. I trust in you and in the group when I accept the community currency as payment for my products or my service. So when something is granted in the present, there is hope that there will be future compensation. It is a reminder of the value. I trust that in the future, you will reward what I'm giving you today. So it's it's also a compromise, a commitment in the time. And that's something that generates the bonds of the community. Well, um, of course the future is also uncertain and for the most part uh, holds a degree of risk. In the capital system, the level of risk is seen as a business deal. And generate interest community credit turns risk into solidarity the community currency is a very practical tool that allows to exchange product without depending on official money or as we call it uh, junk money but mainly it is a way to change the way we relate to each other with solidarity and trust. And this is what creates really community. We see the community as a political and economic act of intimacy. And and that can transform the way in which people live, feel, and think. We become conscious of the generation of new political subjects that challenge the logic of the market. Community grants a sense of commitment, identity, and dignity that is only possible in the sensitive and conscious relationship that we assume with the others. Uh, Thus, the community becomes a fundamentally basic unit one in which it is possible to recreate life, not individually, not as a nuclear family. It is the common subject that can experience the self-management of its capacities, resources, and organization. So, well, that's some of the work that we we do here in, in, in Mexico City.
0: Thank you so much, Claudia, for that outline. Yeah, I firmly believe that uh, there's a lot to to be learned also from other communities around the world from this experience, uh, as you said. Also, without uh, romanticizing it, and also without, uh, uh, yeah, even academic appropriations of the term and you know theories and and jargon and and yada yada. But uh, really to to learn from that and and develop. Yeah, um, like uh, maybe use it as as you will for for, you know, kind of an epistemological break and and seeing how that can be embedded in community led economies. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Michelle, did you want to follow up with one of your questions here?
2: Yeah, well, well maybe some first some questions about your community currencies. So I understand it's a mutual credit uh, system. I think that's usually what it's called, I think. Um, So is this like neighborhood based or or so can you tell us a bit more concretely like who's doing it and how how well is it going, Um, you know, these kinds of, of questions.
1: Okay, uh, well, actually, I think that we are more like a network in in Mexico City. So we is not focused on one neighborhood. We have uh, people that came from the south of the city, the north of the city, from uh, many places. And we are in um, a garden a urban garden in in the center of the of the city. And we make some community work in the in the urban garden. Um, well, we are like maybe 70, 70 people, uh, seventy members of the of the group. And yes, it's a mutual credit. So uh, at the beginning of our cycle, we uh, give us a, a community credit, and we have we can use the the money in a period of one year. And after that year, every, every member have to return their credit. So we finish our balance. Every, every person has to return the same credit that, that they, they have in the beginning. And we, I think that we are like a laboratory of, of financial uh, issues. And it's really amazing that the people, that the people understand how works the money and that the money is not an end in, in itself. It's only a way that uh, allows to make interchange. It's just, uh, um, it, it just uh, uh, a, faci- uh, a facilitator. Um, well, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it only it's a tool. For the interchange, so uh, that's that's the for us that's the most important thing. And another thing is that we uh, sign sign that we signed every every voucher, so at the end of the cycle we uh, we can have the contability of every transaction of every value that that this value uh, produce in in a year. So that's how it works. And of course the the most important thing is to satisfy our needs. So the members of the group have to produce or to offer a service that is useful for the others. So we have uh, many, Um, uh, many products for nutrition, for health, for transportation, some service, not too much, but some service. Uh, Something very important in the cities is to recover our capacities of production. Uh, Because in the city, we don't have a sovereigny alimentation. uh, And that is a, a very important part for us. Thank you.
2: So just maybe another d- uh, detail. Um, I read in your bio you're also working with a school. So can you say something about and, and how is it different from like classical schooling? I'm,
1: yeah, I'm not part of any institution. I'm not part of any uh, private university or national university. But we have a, a, a little school. We, we said little school is a... a a social initiative and uh, this library is part of that initiative and we start to study and to reflect about community currencies, about solidarity economic, but also about many other topics. Uh, we have a transdisciplinary transdisciplinarity, <laughs> sorry, yes. transdisciplinarity uh, way of, of, of study to approach so we study philosophy biology um, uh, history many topics but our objective is to improve our initiatives and uh, we we ask ourselves what are we doing and we try to reflect and we try to study about that and uh, create another ways and create another perspective I think that uh, many uh, initiatives are too pragmatic and also we need to combine with study with reflection but also with even uh, I don't know if, if if it's correct to say spirituality but we need to something uh, subtle something not material uh, So so, uh, not material that allows to create a consciousness, a different consciousness.
2: Okay. Srokh, you you can always interrupt me. I'll I'll just, you know, uh, have a few things. So I, I I worked for six months in Quito uh, in 2014, you know, when Korea was, uh, Rafael Correa was in, in power and so it you know was a good way to see a lot of the contradictions uh that were occurring and so the the contradiction between you know wanting a good life in a more traditional way and you know looking at indigenous people but also you know one thing modern medicine and education and so the you know in the end despite using the language of uh, buen vivir, it you know there still was a very strong extractivist um, pressure. So, how what do you think about this? How do you is there any way yeah. to solve this?
1: I don't know. It's a it's a big question. I don't know if I can a if I have a solution. But also there are a lot of, contradic- of contradictions. And for example, there are a lot of migration of indigenous communities. So, of course, they, they, some of these communities live in poor conditions and they have to, to, to start a process of migration. That, that's terrible. And that's one of the most important contradiction, for example. Of course, there are a lot of extractivists. Um, I don't know in uh, a, a lot of Quito, Ecuador, but here in Mexico, we have many mega projects in uh, in the territory of indigenous and some of them organize themselves and defend their, their territory but uh, there are other parts of indigenous people that don't don't they are not organized so uh, in in one community you can have a very organized, very conscious people, and and also you have people that want the the economic progress and want to go to United States and all that. So we have both parts, and I think I have talked this a lot with, with, many, pe- with, with many people, uh, with friends, with, with uh, people that have studied a lot and have been part of this movement. And I think that um, we have the hope that this kind of spirit uh, is going to be contagious uh, with, uh, for the other people. Yeah, that, that it can express uh, to, to the other people. But uh, really, it's, it's a very very big problem. And I think it's not a very good solution for that.
2: Uh, Rock, your turn.
0: Yeah, I think that kind of already answers uh, my question. Like, uh, of course, we can imagine many, many uh, different scenarios of the future Uh, Some more positive, uh, say, buen vivir-oriented, some rather not, a kind of continuation of of neoliberal hegemony, extractivism, and so on. Um, So um, I think already in your answers, you kind of implied the kind of theory of change that is embedded right in your practice and and what uh, buen vivir as a practice here represents. Uh, but maybe we could, uh, yeah, discuss a little bit about the, the relation again between um, your initiative and, and, you know, initiatives we could uh, kind of um, call aligned with Buen with Vivir and so on in, in relation to this capitalist hegemony. And, and also perhaps like to uh, this kind of notion that change at some point has to come both from bottom up and top down. Um, and kind of, uh, yeah, if if there has been some talks, you know, of leading politicians, et cetera, of Buen Vivir, maybe, as Michelle said, also some co-optations of this, you know, as political points, but also maybe there are actual, uh, you know, inklings of of uh, some change at that level as well, or some kind of, you know, support mechanisms and structures. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah it's uh, this this thing is, is really interesting because the the good living in ecuador and in bolivia uh, um, they have the opportunity to to be part of the government and to be uh, even in the constitution of of these of these countries and well i i have talked with some of the more um important person in that process and some authors, and they believe that the answer is not come from the state, that it's very difficult to change the things from the government. But also they recognize that it's very difficult to work in the base with with the communities and that the, the, the process of work with the communities is always, in a limit, and it's very difficult to to multiply that process. So it seems like there is not a unique solution. It's not top down. It's not bottom up. We have another alternative that is not like that. So uh, I I think that that we have to 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 discover another alternative that maybe is not dialectic, is not one or, or the other, <laughs> it's, it's something in the middle. And that's why we are uh, interesting in study, something that we call mesoeconomic or mesopolitic or meso, I, I don't know, so on. So something that is not only in the, in the in the ways and that is not as uh, that is not thinking uh, in the government that it's something in the middle so uh, but well it's it's only an idea it's it's, it's all it, it's it's really an idea I, I i think that we have discussed a little of it of that with with some uh, partners but well uh, uh, and and i think the, the process in latin america teach us something like that we ha- we here in mexico are experimenting a political process for uh, with a president that uh, came from the left but that it's in the same way that correa and that um, evo and, uh, and 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 our pre- president is is, uh, he, is uh, he, he has the, the same mistakes of, of the other president. So I think that that we really don't believe in, in the links with the states. And we are trying to create another ways uh, with autonomy, of course, and maybe also, uh, beyond uh, beyond the the politic and the economic logic we need to change our perspective and something only in economic and political uh, thoughts we need to change with another perspective and and i think that the perspective of feminist uh, movement of ecologist movement today is very important for that Mm -hmm. So we have to to abandon uh, the traditional way of thinking of left of right of bottom up of top down, and we have to to rethink everything.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm very um, you know uh, interested by your notion of mesopolitics. It's the first time I hear about it, but I I think that's a very interesting way to. Uh, to approach the, the I, problems I that think, we're facing and the, you know the choices yeah. that
1: we, yeah. Okay, I think I I have a, a paper in uh, in collaboration with Luis López who is my my more close partner. Uh, maybe I can I can send you something of that.
2: Yeah, that would be great. I think that's a interesting advance in you know in con- in concepts.
1: Okay. Yeah
0: thank you so much uh i i think that about wraps it up uh for for this time around um or well maybe as a last question uh claudia although you said you know uh, uh names maybe don't even matter so much as as the initiatives themselves and and what's going on uh, but still i suppose it's it's useful uh in terms of uh uh, to maybe outline some some initiatives um, by name or, or networks that uh, people could kind of fall back uh, onto, or if they would like to explore, uh, like the the notion of buen vivir or like the, the underlying practices, um, I, it can be very helpful, I suppose, for some uh, also perhaps based around Mexico or or in other parts of the world to engage with this and support.
1: Okay. Well, in in Mexico, there are uh, some initiatives of community currencies. As I said, personally, I'm part of the Multitreque Michuca, and uh, another network is the Ecomune. And we have a a page in in internet, a web, and we have also a Facebook. So maybe I don't know if if there are some people interested. Uh, I can. Uh, give you our Facebook maybe uh, by May, or I, I, I don't know. And uh, also there are a Latin American network of social currencies. Uh, there are many countries in Latin America are experienced from Argentina, Ecuador, Colombia, uh, many, many countries in Latin America. And also we have a, a Facebook. And I think that are the most important uh, networks and experience about community currencies and social currencies in Latin America. And uh, also, uh, I think it's very important to mention to follow the Zapatistas movement um, through their press release. This year, they plan to go to dialogue with people from other continents they plan to travel to Europe and later to an, another continent. Maybe they go to, to Asia, to Africa, I, I, I don't know. Uh, but I think it's also important to follow them. And well, in, in other countries uh, or of other Latin American countries, there are also um, a important experience that uh, well, they, they, they have some of the influences of good living. In, in, for example, in Uruguay, uh, mm-hmm. they, there is an important movement that more than 700 soap kitchens and community kitchens were set up in the first months of the pandemic. Also in Uruguay, thousands of people shop at the Mercado Popular, uh, Popular Market. Uh, a network of more than 50 urban territorial, uh, and, and they purchase its product from recovered factories, cooperative, and family farmers. Uh, there are a network, uh, a supply network, in Santiago uh, de Chile. In, in Chile, in Chile, are happen very important things uh, there are networks that they are uh, directly uh, by uh, to the producers and to farmers and they uh, give that produ- that products to 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 the most poor people in in Chile also in Chile there are uh, many experience of community currencies that are also influenced by the, the, this, this kind of movement, movements like good living and also the, the movements of, of feminists and young people. So I, I think Chile is also a, a, a country that we have to follow. And well, there are, uh, there are uh, many movements like that. In Colombia, also, it's a very important movement, the Regional Indigenous Council of Cauca in, in Colombia. And that's an important network that are creating alternatives of life, that are creating economic alternatives. And they have also a community currency. So the, in Colombia, there is also a, a, a network. And well, there are many, many experience like, like that in, in many places in Latin America.
2: Thank you. Very, very interesting. And, and yeah, we can pursue that by email so that we can share some of these resources.
1: Yeah, uh, and, I yeah. think it's better if there is a link of our Facebook yeah. or, or our uh, web, uh, I, I, I can uh, send you.
0: Yes, Definitely. You. Yeah, we'll embed those links uh, next to this uh, talk. Uh, for sure, uh, will be very okay. helpful, and um, yeah, I th- thanks so much, Claudia. I think this has been a, a wonderful uh, kind of overview and and also an account of firsthand experience of of the struggle and and perhaps inklings of alternatives to come that we can all engage in.
2: Very inspiring. Thank you so much. Hmm.
1: Thank you to you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, really, it was a pleasure to, to meet you. And I look forward to reading your papers also. So I, I hope that will be uh, soon.
0: Excellent. Okay. Well, until next time.
1: Yeah. Bye,
0: Claudia. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank
1: you very much.